0: You this know, wasn't bad. It
1: wasn't, terrible. This
0: wasn't yeah. terrible. I was a little worried. I was a little worried. I like, I like being able to kind of reach over and, 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 and squeeze on, on Dado. You know, I like being able to kind of hit people. I like, you know, I like the kind of, you know, back and forth banter, like this in person. But I still, I felt like this, you know, this felt like us. So, you know, I still want to do something in this
1: person. Like, this, but, ain't bad. Yeah, this, this ain't, ain't like bad, that.
2: but I, I prefer in person too, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so we spent all this money for nothing, huh? So we need to... No, so no, we're we putting out more content, right? We're putting yeah. out more content. Duh, so like, it, this with, is like the this, more content. Yeah, with this, we
1: can do something literally any day of the week, just on some fly, and let's just get on for like 20 minutes real quick. Uh, duh, hey, 20 and minutes, and just bam. With, yeah. If ESPN come and buy us up, like, it'll be money well spent. Like, like, okay? like uh, <laughs> JJ, JJ Zacharyson, the late-round quarterback, he be throwing yeah. out like throughout the week, like, Ten-minute shows, real quick. Like these, just my thoughts. Blah 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 blah. blah, blah. That's it. Yeah,
0: all right. we can both. We can all, all right. be in the office. You could be. You could be in the courtroom. Dale could be in the optometry office. I could be like in the bar, and we could just. We could just that. be like be podcast. Like, I'd be like you know. Yeah, I'd be like operating while Dale's, like you know checking <laughs> out vision, and then we we'll just pop in. <laughs> And
2: the you, you ask the judge. Objection! What do you, what do you ask when you Objection. want to pause from the judge? What do you say? Objection, judge! Objection! Objection! <laughs> yeah, man. All right, man. All right, guys. This was a good episode, man. Good job, all right. guys. Yeah, all right, man. Y'all be it. all right. Welcome to First of 15, the only podcast that's trying to get you paid. I'm here with two time FFPC champion AB. Alongside him is my guy, Dio the Machine. Guys, I want to talk about uh, rookies to start it off. Once the season starts, everybody forgets about rookies. Let's talk about rookies who can make an impact in 2022. Not Dynasty right now, Dio. Let's talk about right now rookies that can make an impact right now. Let's kick it off with rookies. Which rookies do you think can make an impact immediately on their teams? Yeah. So I think actually, you know, the first thing is just kind of how you worded the question.
0: I think we've got to be careful with, which is like immediate impact. I think Mm -hmm. what we learn from rookies, even the ones that just have had historic uh, years, you know, like a Justin Jefferson, for instance, it still takes them some time. So I think you have to be patient. So, you know, when we say immediate impact, we mean basically like they make a fancy impact that first year. You know, ideally it's a little bit early, early on, but sometimes it may take midseason and sometimes they may not break out until the uh, end of the season, you know, uh, towards the end of the season. So it's important to kind of keep that in mind so that you don't give up on a guy uh, too early. You know, sometimes it's not worth holding on, but sometimes it is. Uh, so for me, like, you know, you have the obvious names uh, of a guy like Brees Hall who is going to likely lead his backfield in touches to some degree. Anyway, we would assume, uh, whether that's with carries and receptions uh, or one, uh, you know, versus the other, uh, time will tell. But I think he's definitely someone who can make an immediate impact. He's not necessarily someone I'm targeting, uh, but definitely a rookie that uh, can help out fancy teams in 2022. Uh, But but then you have just like a slew of wide receivers uh, that I think, is where most of the money is when it comes to some of the uh, rookie players of the incoming class of 2022. You know, and it starts with guys like Chris Olave, uh, starts with guys like uh, who I think uh, Jahan Dotson, who could uh, come in and, and and really provide some uh, uh, some value early on, but going, like, further. You know, those, those tend to be kind of my favorite picks. But then you have the obvious names like the Traylon Burks uh, or, uh, you know, uh, someone like a Drake London uh, who may come in and provide or be become their uh, team's true wide receiver number one. So, you know, this year is, I think, unique in terms of where some of these wide receivers are coming in, where there's a significant uh, void left uh, and, and uh, targets that have, uh, have been vacated. So we may see wide receivers really uh, – playing a significant role more so than we've seen in the past, but we'll see. And sometimes it takes them a little bit while, uh, a while to become acclimated to the NFL uh, system. And sometimes other guys who we may not be paying attention to who are coming into their second and third years may over, you know, overtake them, at least for that first year. You know, you look at Atlanta, they just traded for Brian Edwards. So, you know, the assumption right now is that Drake London comes in and, you know, that's his job, but who's to say that, uh, You know, you know, or that uh, Edwards doesn't come in and basically take over the X, you know, spot, spot, and maybe throw Drake London in the slot, and maybe he's someone that you know who's had previous rapport with a Mariota, uh, because maybe they they work closely together with the twos back when they were both with the Raiders. So things like that, I think, uh, are also important. But yeah, these wide this wide receiver class could
2: could provide quite a bit of value today who do you see in 2022 providing? I'm still going to stick with my word. Immediate, immediate value no, this I'm season. I know, who do I, you know, see?
1: I know how to separate the two. Come on, guys.
2: Like,
1: <laughs> I've had enough practice. I start. I start off in redraft. So don't forget. Um, so as far as the re, the rookies are concerned, the only one I feel to any sense of confidence in is actually Brees Hall. You know, for obvious reasons, he. Um, he was the first running back taken. Um, he was the, the most highly touted running back taken. Uh, highly touted running back in fantasy when during the pre-draft time period um, that people were kind of talking up. Um, and he's in a backfield where, you know, they have, I guess you can quote-unquote say in an incumbent in Michael Carter, but he was a rookie last year. He didn't really just take over the backfield. He showed that, um, But, you know, Brees Hall going in there and becoming the number one immediately from day one um, and actually producing is something that can easily be seen. You know, something you can play off pretty easily. So as far as the confidence level, I would say Brees Hall. Um, as far as the other running backs, I mean, Kenneth Walker, you know, he's a name. He's going to Seattle. I'm still high on Rashad Penny, Penny like I was last year. Um so I don't, you know, I'm I'm, I'm hoping Walker doesn't come in there and just take the job. But it's it's possible. And also, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they split the backfield. I mean, it was a two-head monster when it was Carson. And I'm saying Carson like he's gone. He's still there, but, you know, he's dealing with the injury. But when Carson and Penny were there, you know, they were going to have a two-headed monster. If Carson's not playing and Walker kind of stays in that same role, then you know, it was possible he could produce. Um, as far as the other rookie running backs, I'm not really truly confident any, any of them having immediate impact. Maybe Damian Pierce, if he shows something during the, the preseason um, training camp time period at the Texas and they decide to give him, you know, the job or give him a fair amount of carries. Um, maybe Zamir White with the regime, drafting him and, you know, them not picking up Josh Jacobs' uh, fifth-year option. Uh, my guy, Snoop Connor. I love um, a big reason is because the Jaguars new James, they traded up to get him. Uh, we still don't know when James Robinson is going to return. And um, Travis Etienne, I mean, he's there. You know, he's getting a lot of hype now. Uh, but, I mean, I have my, my question with that, and maybe we can get on Travis Etienne another time. But um, as far as the running backs, no other running backs really have me confident that they're going to be an impact player this year, one. Um, so I really am not seeing myself drafting any of them. Uh, as far as the receivers, on the other hand, I do think with today's NFL receivers that are coming into the league, they're having an easier time making an impact year one. Um, maybe not day one, but like maybe by week four, week five, once yeah. they kind of get a, the swing of how the NFL season is done, they kind of get, get used to the speed of the game. Um, if they have the talent, they're able to kind of you know show out. You know, Jefferson ended up having a great rookie season. We saw Jamar Chase do it. Now, of course, these are, you know, extreme cases that I'm bringing up. You know, rookies like that don't come out every year. But it just shows that, you know, the game is not too big for rookies anymore. You know, and I've always believed in the notion that in sports, you know, the talent level just keeps increasing and getting better and better. So if you look at this draft, there's what, four or five wide receivers that are drafted in the first round, Um, mm-hmm. starting with two or three in the top ten, um, and then three more within the top six picks or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. these teams are high on these receivers uh, um, yeah. so I like Drake London. I mean, I know you just mentioned how they have Brian Edwards, and you know they got Auden Tate, of course they have Kyle Pitts um, uh, but I just like Drake London's talent level uh, you know they yeah. top, ten, too? and I, I do mm-hmm. believe if you draft the player top ten you're you almost have to put him on the field immediately and show that yeah. that investment was worth it um Jameson uh, Williams, I, I was actually my favorite wide receiver tally in the draft. Of course, he's dealing with the injury. We don't know when he's going to come back. He's making it as He's trying to make it by day one, but y'all know how that goes. Wouldn't be surprised. Are you him? Who, Jameson Williams? Yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah. But, 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 but if he eventually comes back, like he's going to end up doing, hopefully, like yeah. say he comes off the PUP list week seven, if he's out yeah. there, I might consider it. You know, because... Adding him. Adding him. Add, yeah, adding, him, adding yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, as far as drafting, yeah. As far as drafting just London, I like. Um, Traylon Burks is being drafted. Traylon Burks is actually being drafted ahead of Robert Woods. And I actually think Robert Woods is going to be the main guy there. So, I'm actually gobbling a lot of mm. Robert Woods in my draft right now. Mm-hmm. Um, he's coming off injury, but he's been practicing, and he's fairly okay. Um, Jahan Dotson, you mentioned him. So, here's the thing with Jahan Dotson. Um... So yeah, I'm mean, sorry,
0: real quick. If y'all didn't go back and listen to our, uh, our home pod that we dropped, uh, definitely go back and check that out because we went over a lot of these uh, situations in more detail. But, yeah, go yeah, ahead, yeah. Dale.
1: So here, here's the, the thing I'm doing with Jahan Doxon. So in, in a lot of drafts lately I've been drafting Terry McLaurin. Kind of to piggyback off that discussion we had a, a couple weeks ago where we talked about how his, his value is probably at his lowest level right now. And if he's signed, the value will increase. If he's traded to another team, the value is likely to increase. So I'm almost kind of take, trying to take advantage of that. What I'm actually doing is I'm drafting T-Mac in the anywhere fourth, fifth, back and forth, fifth if possible. And I'm also taking Dotson later <laughs> yes. in the draft. Because if T-Mac ends up being traded, I mean, y- y'all might love Curtis Samuel, but the way yeah. Dotson's buzz is going on right now, I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up being the number one receiver. And if he's not the number one receiver, I mean, if T-Mac ends up signing, then great. You know, I got T-Mac to go there. If Dotson does show me something, great. If he doesn't, I can I can put him back in the water, you know. So, um, I do like Dodson. Um, what other rookie wide receivers are I missing? Um, Olave. Olave. Olave, yeah. actually, I feel like he's the most NFL-ready receiver out of all of yeah. them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I... I'm to some extent skeptical about what we're going to get from the Saints offense this year. But yeah. I'm still not sure about M.T. Callaway, he had his chance. He didn't really do much of it last year. Yeah. Trey Kwan. Mm-hmm. I used to love Trey Jarvis. Quine, but... Man,
0: that's not that's not steep on Jarvis this year.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, you know, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're getting a lot of buzz out of camp. Yeah. yeah. Now, we, we could bring up – I mean, this is the rookie part, but, yeah, I like Jarvis, too. I've actually drafted him a yeah. few times as well. So, um, I do like all the rookies, even the second-round rookies. Um I'm not sure if I'm gonna draft them yet. Maybe I do hear kind of camera reports but your John Mechie, your your George Pickens, your Sky Moore. Sky Moore yeah. being drafted, second Chiefs wide receiver. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Christian Watson. Christian Watson with the Packers. Um yeah. so yeah, I I would not be mad if somebody drafted any of those guys, to be honest with you. Okay, I'm
2: so okay. surprised that you guys didn't talk about Sky Moore more. Yeah. So, you know,
0: I think when we first started potting, like, he was, like, the first name that we, like, mentioned. Uh, and that's because he was going in, like, the ninth, tenth round. Uh, and I love them there because I love – because that is a situation where as much as we love Sky Moore, like, we don't necessarily know that he's going to be the guy. And like we talked about before, we don't necessarily know that there is going to be a guy. You know it may be spread around so like is that a player that we want to you know you know be drafting you know in the seventh eighth round which i think where he's kind of going now uh i think you know ultimately you're going to want some shares because it's not so much you know what is his production going to be you know at the end of the year as far as total fantasy points it's what is his production going to be in the second uh half of the year towards the playoffs you know in that money week when it really counts when he's like had time to acclimate to the system when he's had time to develop some rapport with Mahomes, when they, basically when the cream has had a chance to to rise to the top, so he's a guy that I'm still going to want some shares of. I'm going to be hoping for some camp news to come out about Juju, you know, doing something, you know, normal that receivers typically do and OTAs or training going to cause his <laughs> ADP to uh, to rise, and then maybe Scott Moore's to, to drop. But I was glad I started drafting a little bit early on because I got quite a few shares then, and then <laughs> I'll, I'll probably circle back a little bit. So uh, Abby, so Abby, Abby so
1: yeah. do you like Sky more, like just in a vacuum? I,
0: I, I love, I love Sky more in a vacuum. Okay. Kim and Jahan Dotson, like you know, are, are those are that I really the rookie love.
1: receivers that you really like
0: targeting? Mm-hmm. Pickens, George Pickens. I know I love George Pickens too, yeah. but, I, I feel, mm. I, but I'm actually kind of getting more on the Claypool now. That that whole we, we don't we don't need a separate pod for the uh, Steelers wide.
1: have yeah. I got a
0: lot to take. I like, uh, I, like Claypool. I, I like
1: Claypool too for where he's yeah. going.
0: Especially. Yeah, yeah, he's one of those guys that like you, we're gonna we're gonna look back last year and be like, why do we just ignore him? Why do we just what what him? what
1: role? So what? Okay, first of all, do you see Scott Moore starting out the gate,
2: or do you think somebody's gonna work himself in the rotation? No,
1: no, no, I do. I think I think the, for the role
0: that he's going to be playing, I think he's gonna be the you know the traditional guy. You know, he may be a Z. So like three, uh, three receiver
1: sets, or you actually think he's I be think looking? I think he's.
0: Yeah, I think he'll be out there on three receiver sets. Maybe okay. early in the year, maybe he's not the starter. maybe you know, I don't definitely I don't envision him playing like, you know, ninety plus percent of the snaps early on. Okay. Okay. But I think eventually we will get there.
1: So you're gonna work the rotation basically.
0: Absolutely, okay. absolutely. Because he's just you know, when you watch him play, like there's just so much about him. Like and you talk about Olave being pro ready. I felt like Scott Moore was uh pro ready and I felt like yeah. he's gonna fit right into this offense. And I feel like he's gonna fit into like what we're seeing now what we saw from defenses in 2021 20, where, you know, these guys, you know, everyone was trying to keep everything underneath them, you know, right, that right. seemed to be a defensive scheme that was working quite well. So, you know, the NFL kind of lags. So before it sort of kind of transitions away from that, I think right. a lot of these receivers that can operate in that, uh, you know, uh, intermediate route uh, or intermediate area, you know, close to the line of scrimmage or uh, you know, uh, I think are really going to uh, uh, provide, quite a bit of value, but then he can also, you know, catch the ball going deep. He's just a dog, you know, he, he knows yeah, my, dog, I, I guess my sad, only reservation,
1: my, my only reservation with him and I kind of, I think we kind of alluded to this um, the first episode of this season um, was, I, I think Chris said it is almost becoming or feels like it could possibly be like a wide receiver by committee. Um, and, you know, they got, yeah. they got Juju, they got MVS, which I don't even think we brought up, who I actually think is going to end up being the wide receiver one. Um, they have uh they still got McCole, who's actually the vet of the group now. I mean, crazy to say, but yeah, which is wild. Yeah, you know, he's the most tenth guy in the receiving yeah. room. And then they keep talking up, which I'm I'm not sure if I believe it yet. But I used to be a fan of his, especially in college, um, Justin Ross. Now yeah. he's the undrafted mm-hmm. guy, so yeah. you know the the yeah. odds are very slim, but they keep talking him up. So it's like all these guys there, the ball can only go to so many players, you know. And then, you know, of course, the true wide receiver one is Kelsey, you know. Yeah. So that's mm-hmm. my Not only that. reservation.
0: And I, and I hear you, but that's baked into the price. That's baked into okay, the price. Man. If we knew who the mm-hmm. wide receiver one was going to be for, uh, for you know, a Mahomes-led offense, he wouldn't be going in round seven, eight later. That's So true. That's the, true. the way that I'm kind of, yeah. like, looking at this situation is it could be any one of those guys, but what do those guys do, you know? Could MVS all of a sudden, like, learn how to run more routes than nine and post routes? Could he be more than just a fly guy and be a mm-hmm. possession receiver and incorporate more of the route tree? It's possible, but I haven't right. seen it yet. I went back and watched his, like, old college tape, and he looks the exact same uh-huh. as he did in college. He was just super fast and dominant. Yeah. There was nothing about mm-hmm. him that, like, so, was, like, oh, man, this is, like, an amazing route run. He was just super fast.
1: You know, so fast so fast. You, went, you were watching a uh, Valdez-Ganlon college tape, man?
0: I mean, you got, y'all got, I mean, the dynasty got me, the Dynasty got me watching going back. But I find, oh, I find that exercise, hilarious. look, look, I find that exercise, like, very, very helpful. A yeah. guy's been in the league for a, a year or two. Let me go back and watch his college tape. And mm-hmm. if I'm not seeing, like, much in the way of improvement, like, okay, like, oh, he's doing this, you know, two years into the league where he wasn't doing college. To me, that's kind of a red flag. So I see MBS yeah. as a certain type of player. So okay. already, like, I've kind of eliminated him as, like, the, you know, the guy, the number one as far as who's going to be getting the most targets. I
1: got you.
0: Uh, and then Juju, again, this is kind of my same argument for Allen Robinson. I've seen Juju the last two years. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to bet on my eyes he could definitely make a resurgence. Maybe he's more healthy this year. Maybe this is just the offense that he needs to be in. You got it. But what, I, what I've seen, you know – is, is basically caused me to move him down my board. So, 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 so it's almost
1: like Sky Moore for you is like process of elimination, and last man stand at the top of the mountain type thing almost. Yes. But okay. I also like him a lot. Okay. Okay. I got you. <laughs> I got you. And
0: you guys didn't even mention like two of my favorite targets. Like probably that I have like more of who than any other receivers.
1: On the Chiefs?
0: Oh, who? Boy. No, not on am Chiefs. I'm talking about why you know the rookie wide receivers oh, in the 2022 who? class. Wandell yeah. Robinson. Don't laugh. Wandell um, Robinson. I'm going to beat this New York Giants uh, <laughs> value. All, all, all uh, Wandell Robinson's like I, I want one New York Giant. Bro, Jets you Jets. can get yeah. you
1: can get Wandell yeah. in like the 18th
0: round, bro. Yeah. So <laughs> like, you know, if I if I miss out on Tony, I don't get Galladay. You, you can best believe I'm going after
2: Wandell. Okay. And then I think you'll go after
1: Wandell <laughs> even if you got those dudes. I mean, stop playing.
2: That's true. That's true. That's true. <laughs> but like here's the thing about Wondell Robinson, what does he do that Kadarius Tony doesn't do? And so why? I mean, like, why should we invest in Wondell? The, the only, the like, only.
1: Let, let me, let me answer just one part of the Abby. I'll let you take over. The is that only, a red cup? Yeah, yeah.
0: Like
1: making oh, like the house party. <laughs> <laughs> I'm at the, the house and cup. we having a party. I'm at the house <laughs> and having a party. We talking oh, football. Man. The football party. Uh, but <laughs> the only thing now, I was saying.
2: <laughs> Capital yeah, the, the, only, the only thing I would say that would benefit
1: um Wondell is don't forget this is a new coaching regime, Debo came. Right, right. and
2: yeah.
1: they drafted him in the second round. So yep, a high draft capital, okay. uh, a coaching staff, an offensive coordinator that you know literally targeted you yep. as mm-hmm. I, I want to say they they drafted defense in the first round or I don't even know if they had a pick. So he probably yeah, was yeah, the yeah. first offensive player that they drafted. You know, so, mm. He's gonna have a role, like I don't outside, care.
0: I, yeah, outside of the uh, offensive lineman, but this is the thing with oh, Wandell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the thing with Wandell and, and Kadarius Tony, and it's just OTAs, but still OTAs, OTAs, training camp. That stuff matters as far as chemistry. Mm-hmm. Wandell has been practicing throughout OTAs. He has not been injured at all. You know, Garde right. just came back, but he has mm-hmm. been running with the ones and getting that. You know, getting that run, and the coaching staff is seeing him first. And going back to what Dale just said, like is the coaching staff really going to care if a guy's a rookie versus a second-year player? And they're constantly seeing this rookie out on the field, and they like what he provides. And they, and find they, it. Both, they both have yeah. to learn
1: a new system at the same time. Like, yeah. New yeah. regime. Everybody yeah. everybody's learned a new system. So yeah. Tony really doesn't have much of an advantage other than having a year experience in the league, you know. So. And don't get me wrong. Tony's a beast. We were all – I mean, anybody oh, I,
0: that watched I love any type of – Tony. watched last year, he's an absolute beast. I did, You yeah. know, so – I, you know, definitely I would love to get him first, but like if I miss out on him, then you know I'm going elsewhere.
1: Okay, who's your second rookie? Don't no, we won't talk people. about him just yet. No, we don't. Oh, oh, sorry, don't worry about oh, him. Okay. oh no, go no! Okay,
0: <laughs> no, I need, I need, I need a little bit more. I need a little bit more uh, uh, OTA. I need, and I probably I need some, need like, a little bit more training to drink. camp. Yeah, you gotta
1: drink something a little bit. Get yourself a red cup or something.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, nah, I don't want to. I don't want to be putting – I don't want to be raising his ADP for no reason. Right,
2: we'll see. Yeah. We'll, let's hold off on that for right now. I got you. All right, guys. Let's talk about quarterbacks for a second because it looks like quarterbacks are kind of sliding a little bit. So how deep is the quarterback position? And secondly, where should you draft a quarterback? Specifically, that question is for you, Dio. But, A.B., how deep is really the quarterback position? All right. You know how every year they say, man –
0: Wait on quarterback because it's deep as hell. Every year I'm like, that's a lie. Okay. This year, however, <laughs> to me, quarterback is deep as hell. Mm-hmm. Quarterback is very, very deep. There are a number mm-hmm. of players that could like really like like it's just one big tier. You know, it's Josh mm-hmm. Allen, but nobody wants to draft that first QB, particularly especially where he's going, uh, given all the players you gotta pass up on. So you know, right now, if you get into early drafts, particularly the football guys, you see these quarterbacks actually being pushed down. And mm-hmm. I think that's because people realize, like, it's a very, very large tier. So mm-hmm. why, why be the first one to jump in and take that tier? You know, so <coughs> for me, like, you got the obvious names, the Allens, the Mahomes, the Herberts. But you're seeing guys like Kyler Murray and sometimes times Lamar Jackson and definitely Hurts going into eighth and ninth round. Mm-hmm. <laughs> excuse me <coughs> i'm giving out all my secrets
1: <laughs> um, you all right over there
0: i'm uh, yeah, dying over here, I'm dying over <laughs> here. my mind's like stop it stop it all right yeah <laughs> but uh yeah so i think it's deep but so but then you also have guys who are going a lot later they could also provide similar upside and trey lance is obviously uh one of those guys but you have the stafford's and you have a guy like Kirk Cousin. Mm,
2: stop.
0: You know we're about to get we're gonna get into uh, coaching changes, but this could literally be the Stafford of 2022. You know, so I think I think QB goes deep, and there's a lot of and there's other guys later on too that I'm more than happy and feel comfortable with the idea that they have a lot of upside that I willing to take a stab at. Dale, go ahead and take
2: it. I'm
1: dying over here. Can we stop it with the <laughs> thing?
2: Can we please stop it with the last <laughs> thing? Please. Daniel,
1: please tell me that you don't agree. So are you Trey Lance. Okay. Yes. We will not stop the Trey Lance love. Nah. We will keep the party going.
2: Keep the party it's going. going.
1: <laughs> <laughs> keep the party going on the trailer. Matter of fact, we need to we need to turn it up. Turn up the music on the Trey Lance. Like Man, I'm targeting <laughs> <laughs> uh, Trey Lance. So I think the question for me was when are you drafting your quarterback, right? Um so for what I'm seeing in the drafts, um like Abby just said, well I'm, I'm not gonna sit here and tell you when you need to draft your quarterback, but what I am gonna say is the value in quarterback like Abby said is so deep you can wait very long until you need to get your quarterback um personally i've been I've been willing to be the last team in my drafts to draft a quarterback sometimes even after a team that drafted their second quarterback. Because what I've seen is um, once you get back past those top 12, and I I can't read all their names off the top of their head, but you know the usual suspects, uh, once you get to quarterback 12, 13, 14, 15, you start seeing names like Dak Prescott, Matt Stafford, Trey Lance, um,
0: Derek Carr,
1: Aaron Rodgers. You know, Derek Carr, who I'm actually kind of high on, that Raiders offense this year. Um, and then Abby even said he'd go to, uh, just a little bit deeper. You have Kirk Cousins. If you're if you're thinking maybe Miami might be able to do something with all this hype that surrounded them, Tua's there. Uh, I'm definitely not advocating Tua, but he's just another name there. Um, so these are all quarterbacks that you can actually get after the top 12 quarterbacks are going. Uh, Davis, Mills. <coughs> <laughs> Davis Mills. Don't draft Davis Mills. Don't draft Davis Mills. No. I'm a fan, but don't draft Davis Mills. We're not going to have that type of offense. Um, so, yeah, so if you want to wait now, now I know there's some players that like to have those high end, high ceiling quarterbacks. And if you're one of those players, you know, get your guy, you know, I'm not going to sit here and tell you, you know, if you're a Josh Allen guy or a Lamar Jackson guy, or even a Mahomes guy, don't get your guy, especially if you're trying to stack, which stacking, I think is a valuable strategy this year. Um, and pretty much all years, but, um, <clears throat> if you're like me and you just feel like quarterback as a whole is just, something where I can still get a good stable quarterback that has the potential to put up a high amount of points later. I'm not even waiting to pick the quarterback eight. Like I'm gonna say if I'm not getting one of those top three, four, I'm gonna be the last one. You know, and I'm happy with Aaron Rodgers, you know, uh MVP last year, Matt Stafford, guy that just won a Super Bowl a year ago that just added Allen Robinson. Uh, Trey Lance, who's a Konami co-quarterback, the, the biggest value Konami co-quarterback I've probably ever seen. Um Derek Carr, who has, you know, a new weapon in Adams. Waller's back from injury. Josh McDaniels <clears throat> is the new coach. So excitements in Vegas, man. So um so yeah, I personally am willing to wait. I'm never gonna take Josh Allen as kind of what is saying. It's almost like a game of chicken and drafts. Who's gonna be the first one to take the quarterback? It's never gonna be me. Um you know, but, you know, that's kind of how I see it. Yeah, no.
2: Yeah, I, but, I, I mean, Ed, go I ahead. hear all this Trey Lance love, but why not like Marcus Mariota when when, <coughs> when you think about Trey Lance's skill set? Like, like, yes, I whoa, said Marcus Mariota. Here's why. Here's why. When I saw him with the Raiders, even if it's in one game, when I saw him with the Raiders – I like the way he targeted the tight end. I think uh, Pitts is a very good athletic tight end. I think they are a team that is very dynamic. He can run the ball just as well as Trey Lance can. To me, I think he has more talent than Trey Lance does. I know that this is going to sound stupid now, but just wait. Trey Lance stinks, man. I'm sorry. Look, Look this. Yeah, I'm gonna it's it, going to sound it, it stupid yeah, a month
0: from now, and it's going to sound stupid <laughs> a year from now. <laughs> but look, yeah, go a ahead. A couple different things. One, Mariota's not all that talented. He can run, mm-hmm. but he's not all that talented. Trey Lance is a talent. I think. I think people think of him as just his running quarterback. Dude has arm talent. Okay, and all the reports of camp have been that he's really progressed. Two, <clears throat> I don't want a quarterback on a bad offense like. I want my quarterback to be able to score touchdowns and put up points. And right now, you're looking at a quarterback who has the likes of Debo, Ayuk, Kittle, and a strong running game, versus a quarterback who has no running game, who has a still, you know, Pitts, but who's still a young and up and coming uh, a tight end, and then who has Drake London and you know Brian Edwards. Like the the offense. And don't forget Auden Tate. Don't forget Auden Tate. Tate. Yeah. And then we're not even getting to, you know, just like the success that the uh, San Francisco 49ers offense has, has had. So I think it's important. Yeah. I did want to bring up one thing, though, a couple of different things. One, I'm taking advantage of all of these, you know, the second-tier quarterbacks currently because of where they're going in draft. If you have a, a chance to kind of fill out your skill positions and then draft a the quarterback, like, I love doing that. Like, I love getting uh, Murray – uh you know, a hurts in round eight, Mm -hmm. round nine, I even love it more. You're still passing up on some good players, but I anticipate that their ADPs are going to increase and rise as we move forward. So I like getting that value currently right now. And the other thing too, is like, I think, I do think you want to diversify to some degree because it's not that you just want the overall number one QB. We saw last year that didn't matter. Right. But you want a quarterback that's capable over a three week span, particularly weeks 15, 16, and 17, that can, can go like, off.
1: That can go that off can, yeah. Off. That can go off. Yeah. And
0: a number of quarterbacks can do that. We have no clue who that's going to be. Right. No clue. So it's important for me to like make sure that I have a good amount of those quarterbacks. And that's why in redraft, in this tournament, in this particular year, I'm not so crazy or keen on, like, trying to get a stack. Mm-hmm. I want to have as many of those quarterbacks as possible. To me, that's more important than trying to, like, make sure like, I have Kyler Murray with ex-wide receiver.
1: But the stacks, the Josh Allen Dig stack two years ago and the Burrow Chase stack last year were the ones that won them, you know? So, the stack... But I didn't... Yeah, I don't know that I needed Josh Allen. I think I needed Diggs. Okay, okay. Uh, <coughs> Chris... As far as Mariota is concerned, I'm not doing it. But to be honest with you, if you were to say that was your strategy, I wouldn't even knock it. Like, honestly, because, yeah, I don't think it's likely. It's not impossible that he can show something, especially because he has that running capability. But I think what you did do, though, is you kind of gave another example of how deep the quarterback position is. Because we can even say names like Tannehill, you know. Trubisky. Mm -hmm. We can say Trubisky um you brought up davis mills who davis i mean there's gonna be he's gonna get the opportunity um i mean we have guys that are really really deep that you can yeah. consider getting um but and, you know i think, think you have make sure
0: you just want to make sure you have a guy that can do it over a three week period right if you don't feel it, like if you feel like a guy's like a a streamer a week to week starter you better have two of those and you better feel damn confident that you can guess and be accurate on the weeks that they can go off
2: so that's why I like the idea
0: of, to me, you know, and it's actually, you know, Trey Lance isn't even the fail safe. Like, there was a draft where I got Aaron Rodgers in, like, 16, 17th round. Yeah. I mean, yes, he lost Devontae Adams, but we've all seen the splits without Devontae Adams. Small mm-hmm. sample size, but he's actually done a little bit better. Now, you know, extrapolating that over a 17-game, you know, season, and obviously all these other factors coming into play, who knows if that's feasible, but right. he's still Aaron Rodgers. Like, this is his right. MVP. Like, 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 like the draft are getting Aaron, on him right now is ridiculous.
1: Yeah, we're drafting mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers like at his severe floor, like he's at a basement value right now, as if the guy wasn't a top five quarterback for the last five, six years. You know, right. yes. <clears throat> he lost a weapon. Yeah, okay, we 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 baked that into his value, but him losing one, I mean, great weapon, but one weapon is all of a sudden going to make him almost undraftable. That that really doesn't make sense to me. Somebody's going to emerge that offense. They're going to keep passing the ball. You know, they might not have these splash plays anymore, but they're going to keep passing the ball, matriculating the ball down the field. As long as you have a a mind like Aaron Rodgers back there at the quarterback position, they're going to constantly be in games. They're not going to get rolled over. We're not going to see a thing where Aaron Rodgers is throwing for less than 200 uh, 200 yards a game. So somebody's going to be there. And for you to have Aaron Rodgers, I mean, again, right now we're talking about his value at his floor. What if he actually ends up being the same Aaron Rodgers or maybe even better than what we've seen before. We've seen how teams can lose their their known receivers. And then the quarterback ends up blowing up. Because now they're actually mm-hmm. spreading the ball to more players. And the offense actually opens up. The so you're, you're, yep. Exactly. So you're actually able to get mm-hmm. this quarterback who we've seen do it. Who we know is talented. And all we're really saying is, oh, he lost his number one receiver. And by the way, would it shock if somebody like Julio or Will Fuller signs with the Packers? And then what happens? Now he has this talented yes. wide receiver that can do these mm-hmm. these things that, you yes. know, that, you know, fits right into his skill set. So quarterback is just so, so deep. I, I mean, I'm a waiting type guy. Uh, I, I like what Abby just said as far as diversifying. So obviously at some point, if I continue to drafts, I'm going to want to probably go a little bit earlier, maybe even get a Josh Allen team at one point. Um, but right now, I'm, I'm kind of preferring to gobble up all that value. Right now, while I feel like it's still, you know, at a discount.
2: All right, guys, I want to talk about Saquon for a bit because he's staying on my mind because the media won't allow me to forget about Saquon. We keep hearing <laughs> these, we keep hearing these articles about camp, about like him getting his swagger back, him feeling good. Listen, is he going too high for a guy that has been injured? Been injured. As much as he's been injured, he's one in the middle of the second round. Is that too high for a guy that has been injured that much? I mean, let's be honest no. about it. No, I think he's
0: like appropriately priced. I mean, like I think it's baked in, <coughs> you know, look at his competition in the backfield, you know, there's not a lot there and he's a workhorse type back. He's now another year removed from his uh, ACL injury. And I heard him say something that like, I can attest to, and I think every, you know, all the other athletes also attest to, is that a, a, being another year removed from an ACL injury, he says he feels more comfortable and confident in his knee. That is massive. He's also had now the opportunity to rehab that knee, to now have equal strength, to build back the explosion. He had a lot of secondary injuries, which is something that we can see. On a player coming uh, back off his uh first ACL injury. And I, I granted that's something that I think this year I'm adjusting with my game. I'm no longer taking that eight post-ACL discount, you know. It needs to be a massive discount, or for the most part, I'm just gonna avoid, you know, JK Dobbins. I think I'll kind of settle in that I'm likely just avoiding that situation altogether. But now, two years removed, you know, a guy who was last year, who's still young, and now we've, you know. I was high on that. I was like, you know, expecting the Giants offense to hopefully break out because of all the offensive weapons that they had last year. But the one thing that we kept going back to was the head coach, Jason Garrett. Now that's been removed. Okay, Offensive line is also better. You bring in Dayball, and I love the idea that they're using him as a wide receiver. He said it himself. They are going to be moving him around the field. He says I haven't been moved around the field like this since college. Things like that, quotes like that are so important. And then the last thing, and this is something that's very important, I think that goes unlooked, is that the Giants were a very slow team on purpose because they knew they were bad. They knew their defense was not elite. And they knew that they had to basically just sort of kind of, you know, you know, shorten games as much as they can. Basically the Pete Carroll effect. I hate those offenses, okay? Dayball is someone who wants to move fast. He wants to be up pace. That hopefully results in more plays, more fantasy points, and better production. And one thing I love doing and listening to is offensive linemen. And Feliciano was at a presser, I think, and he was talking about how the pace for the Giants is going to be quicker. So everything is pointing towards this offense at least moving faster, at least being more creative. Less mundane, less predictive. So, hopefully, all that results, you know, I think in a better uh, production for Saquon. He's literally someone who could, at the end of the year, you're not going to be surprised if, if we say, oh, Saquon was the overall number one RB. You wouldn't be that, all that surprised because if he ends up catching 70 to 80 balls, which is well within his realm of possibility, rushing for over 1,600 yards, and ends up with double digit TDs, you're looking at uh, the number one overall. Running back, maybe the number one overall fantasy player in in fantasy football, and you're getting them in the mid second round. So I think it's appropriate.
2: I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Dyer,
1: I'm sorry. What was the last? lost
2: on the sauce right now? That's <laughs> I, was, I was trying to
1: look at. I was trying to look at the score of the game, so I,
2: I missed the last part. Saquon, is he going too high, going in the middle of the second, given his injury history?
1: So, the middle of the second. So, here's the question I have for the people that are kind of internally asking themselves this question If Saquon was totally healthy and you had no concerns about an injury, would you be okay drafting him in the middle of the second, you know? Um, or. Are you in the middle of the second where even if he had a totally healthy season in a Brian Dabo offense, that's still too high? Me personally, I was a Barkley fan last year. I'm a, I've always been a fan of his talent. Knowing that, like Abby said, they're talking about how they're moving him around. He hasn't moved like this since college. And knowing he has that, that, that um, home run capability, um, they're talking about how he's been used as a receiver as well. All of that stuff right there keeps making me feel like he might actually be a value right now. And we might be taking him too low. Um, now, I, I really can't say, okay, who I would put above him. But he's one of those players where, and I, I'm always kind of think about this with drafts, especially in those early rounds. Who are the type of players where I can look back at the end of the sa- season and say, "Ah, uh, I could have seen a scenario of them playing out as being the top player in their position you know, I could have seen that. I could have actually envisioned that happening. And with Barkley, again, especially with somebody like Dabo there, uh, a creative mind, you saw what he did with, with Buffalo, I can actually see that, you know. So me taking him in the sixth actually is like, wow, I'm actually able to get this great talent who, if you're t- I'm sorry, I said but second. If you end up taking him in the second, that means you had a, a top guy like, you know, a Jefferson, a C-Mac, a um, uh, N- Najee, uh Eckler in the first round just pairing those two guys up, you know, those could, that could be a championship pair right there. So me personally, I don't think he's somebody that's being taken too high. I'm not too concerned with the injury because um, like Abby was saying, it's, it's a sec year from the ACL, but the injuries last year were so to do with um, non-ACL things. Like his ankle, he had like a spray ankle or something like that and he had to miss a lot of games. I think he had a hamstring injury and he had to miss. So those are things that are, that can kind of be one-offs. Like, You you really don't hear many, many players like, oh, he constantly has an ankle injury or something like that. So, if we know he's past that, I think he's somebody that you can actually take and have confidence that, you know, you can actually have a potential running back one at the end of the season. With that being said, he has been hurt the last two years. So, if you're all going to take him, I really strongly advise considering handcuffing him with Breida. You know, uh, who'd you take? Who'd you take? Swift or Barkley? At the moment, Swift. Mm. Um,
0: why, why? Why is that
1: though? Um, we look I, at injury history. Swift is always injured. Yeah, mm-hmm. but again, I'm not really concerned about injuries at all. Like injury has no no t- part of it. Uh, I like the way the Lions used Swift last year. Um, they passed him a lot. He actually almost was like the wide receiver one with the amount of use that she was getting in the passing game. Um, they have a good offensive line that they've actually invested in they're committed to running the ball um and he's their their main only back like i don't even know i guess jamal williams is still there but other than that they really don't have much competition there for him um yeah
0: and
1: for and the fact that he did what he did last year when the offense was like bottom of the barrel you would assume like i'm i usually don't like to assume but you would assume they're going to get better this year so oh, yeah. if he did what he did last year with such a bad offense this year, I mean, I think you know, it's one of those things where I've kind of seen it already. With Barkley, mm-hmm. I can talk up how you know he has Dable, and they're saying they're doing this or saying they're doing that, but we haven't seen it yet, you know. So, you know, <coughs> I, yeah, I, Swift,
0: I'm I'm kind of
1: there with you. I think that's kind of like my cutoff point.
0: I'm kind of go back and forth. It'll be one of one of those things where maybe one day I take Swift, one day I take Barkley. I will say with Swift, it's somebody who is like high on Swift. And I find myself doing this with a lot of players this year. It's like players that I was super high on last year that I love, I am like just like, you know, seem to be very, very underweight on. There's like, like a list of them. Right. And Swift seems to be one of those ones I haven't like quite been able to get there.
1: Well, uh, I think, I think, I think I, that's partly due because where he's been drafted, right? He's been drafted now.
0: No, no. It, 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 really what it is is I watched pretty much every single game and every single snap that he took last year. Okay. And it it wasn't a situation. Yes, he had some design passes out of the backfield. But I felt like a majority of his passes and receptions came because they were so far down in games. And they were, like, just basically dump-offs. Like, we're you. out of this Gar- game. Garbage or, you know? We're...
1: almost a little bit. Yeah,
0: exactly. And, okay. and, I, and I, hate, I hate, like, banking on the garbage stack. I got you. Especially if it's a team that's kind of improving. Because, I, yeah. I, 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 you know, I don't – and again I, I keep asking people to put out these stats but if someone had analytics on like where most of his production came from i would mm-hmm. not be surprised to see that like a good majority of his production came from a fourth quarter uh you know or when they, they were like trailing when it was like little time like right. in the game so right. i wonder is like a better team is like you know a, you know healthier Hawkinson, you know a more established amah ron you know a, including a you know more of a veteran receiver like uh, dj chark and then when jameson comes in do we see less? Because in my mind, like, a good offense is not one that targets their wide receivers or their running backs very heavily. Okay. Like, to me, like, that, that's, like, not a good – so, I, to me, that's the one aspect of Swift that, like, worries me. And he has never been a good, like, in-between-the-tackles runner with vision. If right. there's a crease there, boom, he can take it to the house. Right. He's never been that guy that, like, is going to be able to, like, get you those tough yards to like – you know, really, like, you know, had the great vision. And he can always improve on yeah, that. That was crazy. But I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't see that last year. So all those little things to me, like, I'm like, did I, you know, and we talked about it last year. We talked about that was the reason why we wanted to draft Swift. Yeah. Because they weren't going to have anybody else to throw to. They were going to be behind in games, and we were just going to rely on that. And right. I don't know if I can rely as much on that this year. So I'll have you know, some shares for sure. But
1: You know it's crazy? Everything you just said about Swift, honestly can possibly be said about Barkley, like literally everything you just said, you know, Uh, he he gets a lot of dump off passes when they're down, Uh, it seems like he struggles to run in between the tackles, I know he can do it, but he likes to bounce outside all the time or or reverse field or whatever, Uh, and you know, their offense ideally is going to improve when they have more weapons as well, just like you're saying with with Swift though. I, I I can see that for me the problem I have with Swift because I like Swift's talent is he's just going a little bit higher than where I want him right now. Um, yeah, he's been going yeah. higher and higher. When I first started drafting, same. i saw him in the middle of the second. Now yeah. I'm seeing him in the back end of the back first of the first. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah he's yeah. now yeah. first round draft pick now. Yeah, yeah. Um, ain't you know, That's reality, weird, all yeah. that means is in reality all that means is somebody that wasn't the first is now going in the second, and you got the yeah. same here. Yeah, but yeah. It, it's just the fact that he, his value just keeps going up and up and yeah. up and up. So it's going to be hard for me because I like the guys there. Uh, but at some <coughs> point, I, I have to get some swift. I have to get some swift. But, I, but you, you made some good points. I'm definitely going to kind of take that away
2: and kind of think about that. So, so I'm looking at my last draft. And one question that was asked is, who would you take ahead of Barkley? I'd take Aaron Jones ahead of Barkley. He went after – I mean, I, yeah. i take Aaron Jones after – before Barkley, he went after – I take Mike Evans before Barkley. He went after, but as you guys know, I'm high on Mike Evans, specifically because Gotwin uh, is injured. Uh, a person who shall not be named right now, because I think we're all drafting him right now super late. Um, is also on that team, commanding Tart, may command it. may command some targets, but I still see Mike Evans as the number one. I take Debo Samuel's. He ended up going after Barkley. I might take Debo over Saquon as well, and Kyle Pitts. I think Kyle Pitts is a safer bet. I think he's going to get a lot of targets. What about I think What about
1: what about Kamara?
2: I take Alvin, Ugh, but the suspension is kind of lingering out there. Right. I no, still take. Talking. I still take Alvin Kamara over Saquon. That's interesting. Okay, I mean, outside yeah. of yeah, outside of
0: Mike Evans, like you can make a good argument for like literally any of those guys. So I mean, I you know, I don't necessarily like I wouldn't like knock you for taking any of those guys right. ahead of them.
1: But all those uh, guys you but... said are like second round picks. So <clears throat> yeah, that that that's exactly mm-hmm. where
2: Barkley's going right there. Yeah, but but what about what about Chubb or or that's, that's where I was about to go. No, no. Nick Chubb. Who would you rather take, Nick Chubb or Saquon Barkley? To me, Nick Chubb to me is the better running back. So, so okay, I'm
1: sorry. Like I, so so you, you really see Barkley as more of a third round pick because Chubb is yes. going to like end of the second, early mm-hmm. third. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What, what about what about James
2: Conner? I see him around James Conner. Like that's where I okay. Would so try.
1: who you picking on the clock, James Conner? You need a running back, James
2: Conner or Barkley? I take Saquon if I'm in the third like mm-hmm. because James Conner's going what like third or fourth pick in the third round, I take Saquon at that point. Okay. Just because of the upside. Got you. Okay.
1: I'm a little so, higher on Saquon. I'm I'm kind of just, you know, blinded by, you know, his college, you know, profile and just knowing he has that, you know, breakaway type, you know, skill set. Um mm-hmm. You know, I always want those guys that I feel like can put up a 50-burger. You know, like, just one week, mm. they just happen to just go off. And, you like, you never know when it's coming. Like, it's just, like, yep. random out the blue. But they, like, they're the sole reason that win you the game. And Barkley's yes. one of those type of players that I feel like you can do that with. So, I, I love to kind of get those type of players. And, you know, um, you can actually do that with Mike Evans, too. We've seen him do those type mm-hmm. of games. Um, yeah. We've seen Camaro do those type of games. we see seen, what, six touchdowns, Abby? Helped you win that money. Yeah. So, all those guys <laughs> can do it, so I'm not gonna knock it, but but uh I do feel like Barkley is somebody that I don't I don't think you can draft Barkley too high. I
2: guess is what, what I'm trying to say. Yeah, but. yeah. <clears throat> All right guys, so to let people into the thread, like the text message chat. I've noticed that you guys often sort of track these offensive coordinators that become head coaches. And then you try to project what kind of offense they're going to install once they become head coaches. And so, for instance, like the Giants is a team, you know, Brian Dabble coming from Buffalo, going to the Giants. They have a lot of talent on the Giants offensive staff. So how important are these coaching changes and how important all these are, are these offensive coordinator roles? But how often do you guys pay attention to, to those? And does it really move the needle for you?
1: A hundred? All, yeah. yeah, all the time. I mean. Yeah. All the time, 100%.
2: Everything. Yeah,
0: especially, especially if the head coach is, was a previous, uh, previously an offensive coordinator on the offensive side of the ball, or mm-hmm. the head coach you know, is a defensive coordinator or was previously a defensive coordinator. So you look at the you know, situations like the Bears – uh, where I have coming in. He was a defensive coordinator with the Colts. And, you know, to me, like, already you just kind of see a situation where it looks like they want to pound the run. Uh, so that's going to kind of have some effect. I'm still, you know, high on Mooney. But, like, a guy like Justin Fields, I'm not as high on. Like, I understand, like, you know, the idea of what he could be in terms of him breaking out. But, like, that that, you know, situation in itself and kind of just like reading the tea leaves as far as like how they want to uh, set up the offense has me very bearish on, you know, anyone outside of Mooney in that offense, basically. Uh, so that's important. And then, you know, conversely, you know, you saw you see again, one reason why I'm kind of talk, I was talking about Kirk Cousins earlier is because you see, you know, Mike Zimmer gone, a defensive minded head coach. And then you see them bring in an offensive-minded head coach now. So now we see they see a situation, and Jefferson has already kind of alluded to this as well. We're, like, you know, leaving the stone ages when it comes to the offense and things are being opened up. We already talked about who one of my favorite running backs is. So, like, I feel like this is an offense that has the potential to catch fire. Uh, and, you know, one guy that I'm, like, have like, not been getting a lot of, but I'm really going to, you know, start doing that now is Adam Thielen. I know Dale was, you know, kind of questioning the idea of Jefferson, you know, being that overall number one wide receiver. And that kind of like, you know, at first I was, you know, like, oh, OK, yeah, I mean, I see where you're coming from. But like, didn't think, you know, too much of it. And then I started kind of thinking, I was like, you know, that number one wide receiver. A lot of it has to do with touchdowns, just definitely receptions and yards play a role. But, you know, those guys typically get those. But touchdowns waste heavily, you know. And if we're seeing this sort of kind of Rams offense again, it may be something like it. Maybe that he gets his own. But if it's something like the Rams offense, you know, I mean, could you see a situation where like feeling not necessarily his cup, but something like up or at least is like, you know, just, you know, dominant in a red zone? Because we've seen that from him in the past. We know he's no. a very, very good route runner. <laughs> so. What I'm saying is just like, you know, things going very late right now. So, like, you know, Cousins obviously goes super late. But, like, this is an entire offense that, like, you know, outside of Jefferson, like, you could be, like, getting at value. Because, like, we saw a defensive-minded head coach who, like, you know, maybe restricted the offense in certain ways where this offense now may be able to open up. So, situations like that I'm paying attention to because this has a potential to just, like – and then the Giants, obviously. We've talked enough about the Giants. But that may be another one. But I'll let kind of day y'all take, uh, you know, the rest of the talk. You know, no, I mean, on it.
2: K.J. Osborne, <laughs> listen, he's going to take over that second row. But go ahead, because
1: uh, we'll, we'll get to that all, next. First of all, Osborne is not. It's definitely going to be dealing. She Osborne no. needs to watch out for uh, Marisette Mer- Smith, Amir. Don't sleep on him. But, um yeah, all these coaches, like every single coach – not only just offensive or, or O.C., but I pay attention to even the defensive coaches, what's going on there. Because if a team has an improved defense, um, you know, usually, you know, you try to look at those correlations. You know, the offense doesn't need to score as many points or the offense tend to have shorter fields. Or, you know, you just kind of look at the whole picture and kind of have an idea of how the team is going to um, evolve or, or change. Um, but, yeah, th- those coaching changes, I would argue is probably the most important thing when evaluating players' changes in values in fantasy by far because the talent level is not changing. Uh, you know, the, the players they're playing with, you know, change a little bit, but to, to – and most – I mean, maybe this offseason is the exception, but most of the time teams tend to have similar type of personnel every season. The biggest change by far, though, is having a new s- offensive system um, being utilized for the team and it can change, you know, the whole makeup of of the fantasy um, landscape. Um, You go from a team that likes to, you know, run the ball an immense amount, like if you look at the Chargers when they had Anthony Lynn, and he actually preferred to run the ball. Um, Even Zimmer prefers to run the ball. And then you look at them switching to more of an O.C. They likes to pass the ball, like the Chargers got uh, Lombardi or whatever. And now you see Herbert throwing it like crazy. Um, You see the Vikings got – Uh, what's his name, Uh, O'Connell from the Rams, we expect him to throw like crazy, so you kind of have to look at that and kind of help you okay, if they're doing, I mean if they're they're putting this type of system in place, how is it going to affect all these fantasy players around them? Like, is it going to allow them to have an even higher ceiling or or a lower floor than what they've had in the past? Um, So yeah, I think it's one of the most important things to look at. I'm I'm paying attention all the time. I'm always trying to backtrack and kind of see you know, what they've done in all their previous stops, not just the year before, prior, um, because sometimes coordinators actually change their system. Um, so, you know, you just kind of get an idea of, of what that's like and then kind of adjust accordingly. I, I do think that's part of the reason why Jefferson at the moment is being drafted where he's even being drafted. I think if Zimmer was still the coach of the Vikings and they still had Kubiak as the OC or whoever the OC was, yeah. then Jefferson wouldn't be a top five pick. You know, yeah. I, I people people kind of unconsciously or, or consciously already do kind of look at how systems change. So, yeah, I think it's very important. If you're not doing it, definitely start to do it because that's yeah. one of those edges, you know, hashtag yeah. edge seekers. That's one of those edges you try to look <laughs> yeah. for to, you know, to try to kind of get ahead yeah. of the position.
0: And you, it, it could help you out with, I mean, a lot of value picks. I mean, like even in the Jaguars with Doug Peterson, you know, just like look historically what he's done with running backs. Usually he, you know, had an RBVC uh and has the pass catching back necessarily been the one that you wanted to own in that running back by committee not always now obviously that could change with etm but you never know and <clears throat> he's also brought in veterans at times you know jordan mm-hmm. howard i don't know well i guess jordan howard wasn't a veteran at the time but uh jay jay he had traded he had traded for so you know that's a situation where like you know looking at kind of tendencies of like what coaches have done in the past like I'm keeping it in the back of my mind, like this idea that it's just Etn with the Jags, and you know, obviously we like Snoop if it stays that way. But like, I, that's that's a team right now that like I don't I would not be surprised at all if they traded for someone or brought like in a veteran running back. You know, by the time we got the training cap, just because like historically that's what that coach has done. And then you have both McDaniel's, you know, with the Raiders. Uh, you know, you can look at he's a little bit tough because I feel like he's someone like we could just see something that we maybe have not seen or a combination of what we've seen in the past. But, you know, what he's done with his slot receivers in the past. So, like, yeah, obviously they have Adams and they have Waller. But in McDaniel's offense, it's not, you know, even though they had Gronk, you know, the tight end wasn't always heavily targeted. The slot receiver was. So, you know, Hunter Renfro could potentially be a value. So he's somebody that, like, I got to make sure, like, I have a couple shares because you just never know, you know. And especially if injuries happen, like the slot receiver in that offense with like minus Adams, like who knows, like could like literally be a league winner as well. Uh, And then McDaniels out in San Francisco, obviously, like I think, you know, locking in on like who's going to get the touches in that backfield. Like I still like I got my money on Edmonds, but like there is going to be a back that's going to be like, you know, a weekly, you know, starter worthy from that backfield, given like his history and prowess in the run game or at least you know he's going to try to make sure that there's one i don't think it's going to be a situation where we're going to be like trying to guess week to week i think we're going to have a guy he's not going to get 100 of the touches but he's going to get enough touches to where you feel comfortable putting him in into the flex or the rb2 situation uh so yeah just knowing the coach's tendencies knowing what they've done in the past knowing like how their offenses have run uh, you know, and Peterson again with the tight ends, you know, that he's worked with in the past. You know, some of those things, you know, they may be helpful to just kind of move the needle just enough to where maybe you kinda, you know, you know, increase or lighten your exposure on certain uh players. So
1: real quick, Abby, what is um yeah what are you doing? So here's the question I got. And I've I've always tried to kinda figure out where I stand on this or how to wrap my mind around the whole concept. But we always talk about, you know, coaches um changing or going to new teams and how that affects their offense. But I don't think we talk enough about coaches that have left the team, and how the team that they left affects their offense. Because, you know, in, in one sense, you could say, especially if they don't hire somebody new, that they're going to keep the same system and they, they promote it internally. And whatever they did last year, it's just going to be the same thing they're doing this year. But then if that's the case, you know, what value did the coach that left actually have there? You know, what did he yeah. is did he actually have a system that only he understands that he can run and that's what they ran and now that he's gone, they got to switch it up? Or did he have such a system that was able to be taught so easily that the next guy in line will just kinda of streamline it? Um, and I bring that concept up specifically to ask about the Bills and the the Saints. <coughs> now, those two offenses right there I feel like I mean, everybody loves the Bills, but, I mean, they lost Dable, who was this high, high, you know, uh, touted OC. Is it going to have no effect with Ken Dorsey taking over? And then you look at the Saints. They lost Sean Payton. Is it st- still going to be the same? I mean, it's obviously not going to be the exact same, but is it still going to be an a offense that can put up a, a solid amount of fantasy points where you want to have at least somebody in that offense? That I don't know because I feel like those answers right there will allow you to again have that edge because you gotta get ahead of the field. So I want to know from you how you feel like those two teams are going to be affected by their their coach losses. Uh, you're just gonna put me on the spot, huh? Yeah. Uh, no, here, what you gotta like, say, Honestly,
0: man. like that's like those are great questions. Like that's like that's why we have a pod. Like and yeah. that's why we always quote hashtag Stay Ready. Like going after those little facts. So like you know Saints uh, and again. It's hard to kind of take old data, especially if it's like, you know, multiple years back But like looking at Carmichael, what he's done with that Saints offense when, you know, when Sean Payton was not there, uh, you know, he, he leaned kind of more towards the past. And so if we kind of know that, you know, as sort of kind of a baseline or we have a basis, you know, maybe it's not enough to like completely stand on, but it's at least, you know, something to start off with. Now we can look like, look at, okay, you know, they committed to Jameis Winston coming off an ACL injury, not even fully healed, not even out of that nine-month window yet where he's already at OTA. They committed to Jameis Winston and said, no, no more Taysom Hill. We're going to a traditional quarterback, right? They drafted, traded up and drafted Chris Olave. Okay. Trade up twice. Trade, two twice. Trades. They brought in Jarvis Landry. They still haven't done anything in running back yet. We still, you know, have no clue who the backup running back is gonna be for Kamara if he misses time. Divine everything is that the they've problem. done. Yeah, everything that they've done, <laughs> and we got Michael Thomas. Yeah, everything you know, and we got Michael Thomas potentially coming back. And we saw, you know, we saw the footage of him running. I like it. I need more though. I need more. But everything right. that they've done has told us that like we are looking towards the passing game. And again, leaning on that a little bit, that Carmichael has been a little bit pass heavy you know, uh, or pass more and not been as run heavy when he was like calling plays. That's enough for me to like, look at this Saints off, you know, pa- you know, passing game is like, okay, you know, I can, I can, you know, take some stabs at some of the, uh, receivers in this, uh, you know, in that receiver corps. So that one we have a little bit of history on the Ken Dorsey one is a little bit tougher. Uh, you know, we don't have a lot of history on him calling plays on his own. Like he's fresh, he's new. So we're all kind of going into this, and it's basically just going to be reading the tea leaves and kind of looking at what they've done. Okay, they brought in O.J. Howard. Uh, you know, there've been talks about uh, you, know, you know them really wanting uh, to get guys who can like produce yardage at the carries. And when I first heard this, yeah, I went back and looked, and like, yeah, like you look back, like his receivers, you know, or um, Josh Allen has probably like one of the worst yak numbers of any quarterback, which is kind of surprising, mm-hmm. you, you know, to think about. So but you look at what they kind of you know did with Shakir, you know, drafting him, and you know, obviously they retained McKenzie, but they brought in Jameson Crowder to me, who's the you know, a younger, faster uh, Cole Beasley. Uh, and you know, they've been always looking for this like pass receiving back. And they tried to trade from uh CMC, you know, per, per per reports. They thought that they had McKissick, and then they went out and drafted Cook. So they, you know, they're looking mm-hmm. for like guys who they can, you know, put the ball in their hands who can like, you know, you know, do some damage after the catch. But do they want to more you know run more 12 personnel? Or are they gonna kinda of, kinda of have the same offense? That I don't know. So I'm a little bit more weary of that situation, which is why outside of Diggs I'm not going crazy. You know, I like Singletary where he's going, but I'm not on the like the Gabe Davis, you know, drafting him in like the fifth round definitely not the fourth round Mm -hmm. in terms Mm -hmm. of where he's going just because like you said i don't have a clear understanding of that and like i don't feel like i'm missing much if i don't get gabe davis in the fifth round Mm
2: -hmm. also crowder isn't that gabe davis isn't that much better of a prospect than jamison crowder to be drafting him that high in in my opinion but let's talk about dynasty for a second before we close out For all of those at home we have created or we have joined a dynasty league.
0: We took took over an orphan.
2: Uh, Yes, yes. We love giving back. We We love giving back. We love giving back. Yes, yes, yes. They're about to take
1: our money for real.
2: (laughs) We love the kids. Uh, uh, But we have a dynasty league, first and 15 dynasty league, with a whole bunch of sharks too. Shout out to sports betting man. Who saw us as like fresh meat and like sent us like a trade offer. <laughs> no, no, the first one,
1: the first one was by <laughs> Shelly. Shelly sent the first yeah, one. Yeah, day. yeah, yeah, He's trying to give us AJ Brown. He wasted no time. Literally, as oh. soon as I oh. no as soon as time. I purchased the
0: team. <laughs> That offer came right in.
1: <laughs> Once you, you put in the group chat, I went into the app but I quickly rejected it, so none of y'all had any kind of. You didn't want to, think to it, get no. active and start pressing yeah. on so they, they thought gotta, it was just gonna be y'all. me.
0: They thought it was just gonna be me, and I was like, "Oh no, 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 no! I'm bringing the whole First and Fifteen crew in." And that's when they were like, "Okay, all right, all right." So yeah, shout out to Dan, Theo, Shelly,
2: By the way, all those and, guys. Austin uh, Martin's in there. Uh, you know, sports. Yeah, yeah sports, go but, ahead, I mean, Chris. It's, it's, it's no, no, no. No, so I, I had a question. We have cut downs that has to happen. To be honest, I need to read the rules. I think it's the Sunday before opening weekend, but I have to go back and read the rules for cutdowns. cut down. Yeah. Um, who would you cut down, Damian Williams, who's now um, in Atlanta, or Mike Davis, who left Atlanta and is now in Baltimore? If you had to cut one of those two players, who would you cut down? Both. Only one, though. Not both. I, I, I knew you were going to say that, but we have to cut down <laughs> just one. Who would you cut down one out of those two? Davis
0: can kick rocks for me.
2: Um I believe Williams
1: is older. Am I mis- am I right about that? He could be.
2: He could be. I need to look it up. I need to look it up. Let's well,
1: see. I mean, I guess I I guess the best way I can answer the question is I I release or I I drop the older running back with the shorter contract. This, this, this is why I brought day to the squad. You know, and they both—they both—they both probably Dayo have one-year deals, squad. right? They both, pro- but they both probably have one-year yeah. deals. So that—that that means, you know, the thing with Dynasty, with all players, I—I I, I try to roster. I want to see some kind of long-term plan with them. Like, I want to see how their career is going to unfold in the next three, four, five years. The problem with the Davis and Wills with the one-year contract is past this year. I don't know where they're gonna end up this time next year.
2: So, mm-hmm.
1: their value, whatever their value is now, it would not totally surprise me if 12 months from now, it's zero. Zero to the point where literally like, I can't even give them away. Like, I can't even get a, a, a dollar bid trade. You know, somebody just trade me their one dollar. I can't even do that a because dollar. they have no value. You <laughs> Need know? So yeah, so uh, again, so obviously, I want to get the younger player because at least I can say at least he has a potential to have more years in the in the in the league. Uh, but the but also the the way I want to look at it is who do I think has the higher chance of kind of having a shot of value during the season? You know, like mm-hmm. because once that spike in value occurs, it's almost like the stock market. You know, you you have to sell. You know, you trade that yeah. pick and and. And currently, I'm, I'm starting to trade a lot of players for as many draft picks as I can I can get, whether it's a third-round yes. third pick, a fourth-round pick, a, fourth a second-round pick. Obviously, I want those first-round picks. But if I can have a player where I don't see a long-term future with them and I can just kind of give them to somebody else and take their draft pick away, I'll do it every single time. Um, so, again, out of those two players, I'd probably want to go with the younger guy. And I, I, I think the younger guy is Mike Davis. And, mm-hmm. you know, interestingly enough, out of both of their scenarios, like I still feel like Patterson is the number one running back in, in in Atlanta. Um they still they drafted the rookie. As far as Baltimore, they have Dobbins and um and Gus, but they're coming off injury. So yeah. I wouldn't even be surprised if Mike Davis starts the season as the, the number one running back. You know, and when that happens, guess what? I'm sending Trey offers like, "Hey, y'all want my Davis?" So I guess, <laughs> I guess so. So a long winded way of answering your question is, I'd probably release Damian Williams.
0: All right. So we'll Damian say, Williams, we'll it to Noah. I don't think he listens. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so Damian Williams is thirty. Mike Davis is twenty nine. Like they're literally yeah. like ten months apart. So they see, see, but, but Chris, 18. but Chris,
1: now that you're in uh-huh. dynasty, you have to know what month. And date <laughs> you you can just know their age, like, you got to get deep. You got to oh, know somebody's three months older than <laughs> such, and such ready. a player. You ain't ready, you know.
0: man. Come on. I'm yeah, not I'm ready. ready. I'm not right, ready. We'll, we'll get
1: there. Hey, but real quick, um, Abby, I know you wanted to kind of speak on a, a draft you recently did with a, a whole bunch of uh, industry guys. I don't know if you want to kind of guys. Share, yeah, your, yeah. share your thoughts. The big ones. Not industry
0: guys. In the street guys. These are the <laughs> stakes the elite of the elite <laughs> not industry we in yeah. the streets yeah now, um yeah now this was uh i mean this was like this draft was like just full of sharks full of yeah. sharks. austin martin theo dan uh well what's the name of the draft um, uh, like, give them oh a the, it's hard, how, yeah man. it's called the hard way draft Muzio, yeah. uh noah's in there Hara's in Muzio. there uh who else in there i'm forgetting i'm forgetting something i'm forgetting someone else uh It'll come to me oh dwayne mcfarlane is in there i mean like mm. like literally everybody's in this draft you know we talked about like not wanting go. District guys put that together right yeah yeah they put that together okay. great drag to Bill. me yeah to me it's like okay this is like where players should be going almost essentially at least like right now like mm-hmm. you know you so you have like the adp you know you have like what the current adp is and you almost just kind of got to throw that out the window when you're doing this draft. Uh, and I wish I would have done that. Cause I was really trying to get some value and it just was like, was not happening. And, right. it's, and eventually what happened was I found myself like not wanting to take guys, but they were <laughs> such good values that I was like, I really don't want you to win. So look, I'm going to just sacrifice this. Pick, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so like, I mean, like I got Josh Allen in the fifth, like the middle of the fifth round, you don't know, want yeah. see him go that late. I got, you know, Kittle fairly late in the fourth round um but it was you know all in all it was a good draft uh wide receivers just went I mean they flew I'll tell you they flew you know one thing I do not like doing is drafting a quarterback and tight end like within the first seven picks and Mm. this was like the draft where you absolutely did not want to do that so um you know I forget who my first wide receiver is uh you know, I think it was you know i think it's someone who was you know fairly they
1: find the draft board man it's, it's no big deal. yeah yeah
0: let yeah let me let me pull up the draft board uh uh as, as we're talking here, but uh but i ended up getting like hunter Renfro and then just really like hidden you know wide receiver uh fairly like deep into the draft which is something like i i rarely ever do normally, you know i'm like you know getting a lot of running backs but you know, you got to like, you know, I had to zig when other zags. So, like, if they were eating up all the uh, wide receivers, I had to make sure that I was stronger at some of the uh, other positions. So, uh, I'm pulling it up right now. That's okay because Chris can edit this. He's an amazing producer. <laughs> we, almost, we almost there. That's right. Yeah, my, my team name was uh, Davis Mills. All right. So, Okay. Yeah, so I had the sixth spot, okay? So, you know, I, I ended up going Dalvin Cook because, you know, this is kind of a get your guys, you know, guys you kind of hire on, you know, so we can talk about it. So, obviously, you know, I'm high on uh, Dalvin Cook, high on Aaron Jones. So I love, you know, seeing him fall to the uh, middle of the second. Uh, and then ended up coming back. I had a tough uh, decision between Keenan Allen and Michael Pittman. And it kind of gave you an idea. The next uh, wide receivers to come off the board were Jalen Waddle, Terry McLaurin, and Deontay Johnson. But DJ Moore went right ahead of us uh, and I wouldn't have taken him there anywhere there, there, <clears throat> there, but Keenan Allen and Michael Pittman I'm battling here. I'm really not sure like which one I want because, and I'll tell you why it's not so much Keenan Allen. It's Mike Williams. You know, this I feel like this may be a year where we see Mike Williams ascend, but I ended up going Keenan Allen there <clears throat> getting Kittle uh, in the fourth, like we talked about then Josh Allen. And then, CH in the six, you know, we're not going to get too much in the Ceh, but went ahead and, and grabbed him there. And really so, after Ceh, like the, the next wide receivers were Thomas, Drake London, Trey Burks, Brandon Ayuk, and Devonte Smith. So I was, I still felt like that was like the right choice for me. And then I ended up going Hunter Renfro with the idea that, oh yeah, I come back. I'll be able to get a Russell grade, Sky Moore, Kadarius Tony, if I have to. No. You're giving up too All those players. You're giving up to Yeah, yeah, yeah. All those players went off the board. All those players went off the board. So, you know, to, to say the least, like, you know, I ended up, like, hitting a wide receiver later in the draft and trying to get value on a couple of players that fell. But it was a tough draft. It was a tough draft. Uh, fun draft. Uh, and definitely the winner of this uh, league is likely not winning the tournament, but is <laughs> going to be able to boast quite a bit uh, and uh, claim that victory of the hard way draft. So,
2: yeah. Now, now for down. the people now for the people at home we are also in the hard way dynasty draft Dio does not want to take the lead role in managing this team but <laughs> I'm the associate lose,
1: associate coach I just <laughs> I just have an office in the corner you know
2: <laughs> but but if we lose We're putting it on with Dio anyway, because he's
1: our dynasty guy. You're the the dynasty guy. Hey, real
2: quick. That that draft was one of
1: those uh, uh, hashtag GYG, get your guys, you know? Yeah. Yeah. to Dorsey. Um, But a few dynasty guys I just want to mention, all right? And specifically, these are some undrafted rookies that I'm sure people are aware of, but I kind of like a little bit. Just going to throw their names out there real quick. Kennedy Brooks, running back for the Eagles. Uh, they paid him quite a bit of money. Uh, it's under at the contract, so go look at him. Abram Smith, same similar situation. Potentially be, you know, get a lot of opportunity if Kamara is uh, suspended with the Saints. Mm-hmm. Um Zaquandre White. Uh the Dolphins have four draft picks only in the draft because of Tyreek trades and all those past trades. Uh, so you know, you can look at him almost like their fifth draft pick, you know, a highly talented guy. He looks very good on, on tape. And then uh, Julius Chestnut, the Titans running back. I know everybody's high on Haskins, and deservedly so. I'm a little lukewarm on Haskins, but I can see why people like him. But Chestnut, I like him. Okay, going to, I to the look at the state. Yeah, mm-hmm. Julius, Julius Chestnut, I like him going. He's a, a, kind of a hockey dude. Uh, reminds me a little bit of Devin Singletary for some reason. Uh, but I, I think he has a chance to make that team. So, just some competition, you know, rookies are rookies. And Haskins wasn't a high draft pick, so don't be surprised yeah. if, you know, he he kind of threads it. He's not that good. <coughs> <laughs> All
2: right, guys, that is it. Hey, listen, this is our home edition, and yeah. we're still over an hour, significantly over an hour. Please like, rate, subscribe. We're out,
1: yeah. it Peace of slavery nine to five grind and strive fuck a nigga pay me less and pay my bills at minimum but see it pay me stress doing this, is so this doing well. that and turn around and score you true how I did it wrong when I just did it like you told me to I fuck you it that's what I be really